I'm glad God is on my side, and I'm glad I'm on God's side. Amen, 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 amen. God bless you this morning. I'm thrilled to have you here in the house of the Lord today. Brother and Sister Heron have been such a blessing to our church for many, many years. And uh, I know they don't look old enough to be a blessing for many, many years, but uh, we have been connected for a long time. Before there was a Sister Heron, there was a Brother Heron that was still ministering here. And now uh, two beautiful young men of God that they are raising up. And the Lord is doing wonderful things in their ministry, literally seeing hundreds and even thousands of people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and seeing miracles happen all over the country. We are thrilled to be connected and linked with them this morning. Glad to have them here in Frankfurt with us. I want you to welcome Brother Heron as he comes to minister the word of the Lord. Sister Heron, God bless you. We love you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Uh, if I was the devil, I would just leave Frankfurt now and call it a call it a career. <laughs> Praise God. What an awesome, awesome revival I'm hearing about that you're having, and I'm excited about it and just excited to be here to see what God's going to do this week, and, and you have weathered some serious storms, and God has reversed the tide, and there are some major, major breakthroughs coming to your church, major breakthroughs coming, praise the Lord, and I give honor to your pastor, I, I love him very dearly, not just because he's a great man of God, but because he is my friend, and I love his family very, very much, and I know you love your pastor and their family very much also. Love his boys. His, his boys, uh, I just tell you, you go across America, there's not very many pastors that have, if they have three children, if they're all living for God, number one. Number two, that they're all three very anointed by the Lord. You're very blessed. And you're, I say it when I'm here, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart, if I could be one thing like Phil Jordan and be the dad that he is because he knows how to raise sons, and he knows how to lead his people. And I love him very much. So glad to have my wife here with me today. The last couple of times she hasn't been able to come. And my son's with me. And um, Jet is now at the stage where he's crawling around, getting into everything. So we have two that are quite, two that are two and under. And um, it's been fun traveling. The flight last week to from Sacramento to Nashville was supposed to be five hours. It was... 18 hours, um, we flew from Sacramento to Denver. Denver, they decided to switch airlines on us and send us to Charlotte, and from Charlotte to Memphis, and it was an 18-hour trip with the two youngsters. It was a wonderful time. Have you ever wanted to just punch yourself in the face repeatedly? <laughs> over and over and not care what the consequences were. But, but I love him very much. I saw Jet raising his hand and worshiping today. So we're entering a new dimension now in the spirit. He's, he's a worshiper. Praise God. I was, I was sitting here during the service, and the Lord started talking to me, so I wrote it all down. So I guess we're going to go with what the Lord said to do this morning. It's probably a good thing. First um, Kings 17 and First Kings 18. We're going to read First Kings 17. 17 through 24, and then just the first verse in 1 Kings 18, 
1 Kings 18, verse 1. Heard my good friend, Brother Collins, was here last week. You know, what a great preacher. What a great man of God. And I'm glad he was able to experience the revival that was going on here. Very rarely, as an evangelist, do you get to go to a place where a revival is, is flowing rapidly. Normally, you're there to kick the tires and get everybody in gear, but it's flowing here. And it's exciting to me because we have no idea what God's going to do. Amen. Verse 17 of chapter 17 through verse 24. It came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? And he said unto her, Give me thy son. He took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon thy widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child. Somebody say stretched himself. Upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord is in thy mouth, in thy mouth is truth. Now, chapter 18, verse 1 says, And it came to pass after many days the word of the Lord came to Elijah the third year, saying, Go, show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. The Lord said to preach, You've yet to see God's best. You've yet to see God's best. Someone clap your hands, lift up your voice, and worship him right now. I know we've got more than that. Sunday morning until the spirit world is rocking, would you lift up your voice till every demon hears you and every angel begins to move in the atmosphere. I worship you, mighty God. Not for what you've done, not for what you're going to do, but because of who you are. I love you, Lord Jesus. I magnify thy matchless holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God's been talking to me this week, and I'm going to get into it maybe tonight, maybe later on, about secrets of the spirit world. But Elijah had never seen this miracle before. Let me backtrack. In the Bible, no one up until this point had ever been raised from the dead. No one. No one in Moses' day, not in Abraham's day, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Joshua. No one up until this point, David, no one had been raised from the dead. Ruth, no one in that, in all the stories you read, no one. God had done crazy miracles. He had brought water out of rocks. He had delivered people, sent plagues, and killed people, but he had never raised someone from the dead. 
And when you're in a place where you've never seen God do what you need him to do now, it's difficult to have faith when you've never seen it happen. And even worse, you've never heard of it happening before around you. And Elijah, has he's gone to a widow's house in the famine, in the drought, and you know the story. He told her, make me the cake. She makes him the cake instead of giving it to her son. She prophesies, if I give you this cake, me and my kid are going to die. She prophesies her own kid's death. You've got to be careful what comes out of your mouth. And she prophesies this, and yet despite that, Elijah stays with them. You know the story. And every day she goes to the well, and the, the meal is there, the barrel. Every day she's fed, and Elijah is, is hanging out in the side room with this widow during the drought and her little boy. And the Bible said as it came upon a day that the boy got sick and was so sick that the breath left his body, and now he's dead. And up until now, God has never raised someone from the dead, and this preacher who's told this woman everything's going to be okay if you just feed me the cake now has to explain to her why after I let you in my house now it's not just got bad but my baby the thing that I love the most has left me and is dead how in the world can I be in the will of God if an attack so severely on my family has unleashed itself and there is no answer around there's been no proof that God does this type of miracle there's no evidence that God does this around here and Elijah knew I've never seen God raise the dead but I serve a God that supposedly can do anything and if you know that God you know what I'm talking about because sometimes logic and life says it's not going to happen but if you get into the spirit you can see that the hand of God can do things that everything in your environment says cannot happen I serve a God who has power and authority and dominion above every demonic power every principality everything in your house everyone on your job God is greater than everything you see hear feel and know Hallelujah. And now he is faced with a decision. What do I do? And I promise you, he wasn't prepared for this one. It wasn't like he had 10 days to think about it. What should I do if this happens? This has come on quickly. And, and he doesn't have strategy in his mind. He just reacts and grabs the baby out of her, out of her, her bosom and takes him upstairs and lays him down on the bed. He's just going by the fly now. He's just, he's just trying to figure out, what do I do next? And the Bible said he stretched himself upon the child. There's something about that very powerful verse right here. He's stretching for the supernatural to be unleashed in that house. Sometimes you can't just sit around and wait on God to raise the dead. You gotta have a Holy Ghost prayer meeting on a Sunday morning and say we're not leaving here till breath comes back in the body. You know what I'm preaching. You know what it feels like to have to stretch yourself and say I believe that you can do it now. You can do it exceedingly and abundantly above all I ask or even oh in this church if I've ever been to it I'll tell you straight up before I before I preach the other stuff this week that I preach stuff in this church that I do not preach anywhere in America 
I would get assassinated by people if I preached some of the things I preached here because I believe that here you understand the spirit world and you want stuff to happen. And can I tell you, I have seen this church for nine or ten years. Each time I come, stretching themselves a little bit more, a little bit further. And if there's one thing this church is known for, it's the hunger for the supernatural that you have. You don't want to see blessings. You want to see the miraculous. You don't want to see God do a little thing. You want to see God do what he did two weeks ago. And can I tell you, obviously God has been paying attention to all the times that you've stretched yourself and you've prayed and you've fasted because he sent a miracle right among you that you know you've never seen before. Stretched himself three times over and over and over. On that same Sunday that, that the, the lady was raised from the dead here, I personally, I'll tell you more about it later this week, but I personally touched a kid who died 17 years old in the altar, and he was laying there dead with no pulse eight minutes, and I touched his chest and out of fear to scream Jesus, and he jumped back to life, and he began to rub his chest because he, his heart had been shocked back to life. He didn't understand what was going on. And in another place in America, another person in one of our services on the same day was raised from the dead. On that Sunday, January 31st, it was my birthday. On that Sunday in America, in the UPC, three different people died in the services. Three different people were raised from the dead. You know what's going on? God has just opened up the dimension in America of raising the dead among us. America, the American church, has been beating the door saying, God, why don't we see here what they see over there? And God in one day said, I hear the cry of the apostolics who want to see my power and my authority, and I will do things among you. And let me tell you, you are yet to see greater things. More things are coming. That's just the beginning of the supernatural works of God among the this congregation, among your family, in your finances, in your jobs, in your homes. God's hand has been unleashed upon this city. Somebody clap your hands, lift up your voice until Satan can hear you magnifying the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Two days before God did the miracle in your church, we were at a conference in California. At least Stone King was preaching the last night. He leaned over to one of our preachers and said, God is about to start raising the dead. And he said, those that get in position to receive the power and the authority, he will do these miracles among them. 
when I heard about what happened here, then I went to down the road. Gentry was with me, and he saw with his own eyes when God raised the kid from the dead. We knew beyond a shadow of a doubt we must be doing something right because we of the three miracles got to be connected to two of them. Let me tell you, we must be in the right position with God. I don't care what devils are against you right now. The hand of God is upon you. Don't back up. Don't back down. Rally the troops. Revival is in the atmosphere. Hallelujah. Tendency after a great miracle is to think that you've seen it all. And hunger kind of, well, we saw that happen last year. But Samson said, after he killed a thousand people with a jawbone, what's next? I need some water. And so Samson throws the jawbone down, and God takes a weapon and transforms it into a well and provides water out of the same miracle that he just saw a thousand people die. It wasn't a one-time deal with Samson. Later on, Samson goes out and sees a lion and kills the lion with his bare hands. Then later on, as he's walking by the lion, honey is coming out of the lion. He feeds off his miracles. Hear me. When you start feeding off the miracle, you get hungry for more. When you start saying, what I saw yesterday was awesome, but what's God going to do today? That's what's dangerous in hell. When you say, yeah, God raised the dead, but we're about to see crazier stuff than that. You think that's the wildest thing God can do? is raise somebody from the dead. God can blow your mind in an instant, but you've got to have that hunger that says, I'm ready for what's next. Bring on the next miracle. Bring on the next breakthrough. Bring on the next answer. What's going on in the spirit? Show me what you're about to do. And Elijah could have dwelt in the dimension of raising the dead, and God said, you can't sit still because... You have to go talk to the king because I'm about to send rain. It's been three and a half years since you've seen anything that I'm about to do. And I'm about to send it and go tell the highest power that you know. The highest opposition Elijah had in his ministry was Ahab and Jezebel. They were the ones that constantly were the threat, constantly were call, always trying to call him out, trying to stop him. And God said, you go to him and you tell him, I'm going to send rain. And so Elijah runs to the king and declares, sometimes you got to tell hell. Sometimes you got to tell the enemy that what we saw a couple weeks ago is just the beginning of the miracles that are about to be unleashed among us. It's one thing telling your friends that. It's one thing telling your spouse that. It's one thing telling God that. But when you can look at the devil who's attacking your house and say, we've just seen the beginning of the hand of God, that's when you know you've really got it. When you can declare war with the adversary and say, I'm not satisfied with what God did for her. I want to see God do it in my house. I want to see God do something in my family. I want to see something supernatural and it's going to happen. Well, there's some real faith in here. Wow. The rain is coming. And before God sent the rain, God started a fire. And God said, go to the mountain and put an animal on the, on the wood and soak it with water. 
and I'm going to send fire out of heaven. You know why God started the fire? To get everybody's attention that he was God. Anytime God does something major in the supernatural, it's not because he just wants to touch one person. He's trying to get the attention of those on the outskirts that would never pay attention to him. Hear me. The miracle that happened two weeks ago when I heard about it, as I began to pray, the Lord said, I am sending angels through the streets and the alleys of Frankfurt. I'm headed to backsliders' homes and people that would never darken their doors. And I'm going to send the people into all kinds of stuff. And they're going to connect to lost people. And the first thing out of their mouth, they're going to tell them about the miracle that I did because I am drawing them to the house of God. And I start a fire in the... Hear me. When God does a major miracle, it's not to give you faith. It's to get the attention of the world around you. You will not be able to contain the loss that are coming this year when they hear a shalakaya of the miracle that took place among you. God is already in the streets right now. God is ordering your steps. God is ordering your conversations. God is ordering everywhere you go who you run into what you say because he's about to send the rain he is about to send the rain like you've never seen it before the prophecies of old the prophecies in the last 10, 15, 20 40, 50 years hovering and hovering and hovering then God does a miracle out of nowhere on a Sunday morning and you think it's just some awesome deal that happened on a church pew but the whole time God has been seeing you stretch yourself with prayer and fasting year after year after year he's been there's people in this city that were going to leave and moved out of state and the jobs they were headed toward out of state fell through and God has held them up here in the city because he's waiting on someone to cross paths with them he's going to you hear me in the spirit when you tell them what the Lord has done, it's going to draw them. They're going to know why everything fell apart in their life because God was waiting for them to get to that place where they would see the fire and they would feel the rain. Because the Bible said that he caused it to rain upon one city and not upon another. He caused it to rain over here, but to be dry over there. And where they were headed was not an apostolic city with power and authority. And they weren't going to receive the rain. So God, out of love and mercy, they're mad right now because something hasn't worked out for them. But the entire time, God has been holding them up because he knows if you go there, you'll die lost. But I've got a church, and there's a fire going on in that church, and people are being raised from the dead in that church and I'm going to send some of their saints to you and they're going to tell you about it and you're going to be drawn to the fire and when you get near the fire I will baptize you with the rain 
made and you'll never be the more. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel like I'm preaching to the spirit world right now. There's nothing that will hold. Don't you worry about the finances. In the name of Jesus, I curse every attack sent by Satan to hold you back. God will get the last word. God will get the last word. You know, I'm going to tell you something. I was going to, I'm going to tell you something. Abraham dug some wells. Philistines plugged them up. Isaac comes along. He starts redigging the well. First well was called Esek. Philistines, the enemy comes along, says, they plugged up the well. You're not going to have that. Esek means contention. He's trying to get the water. He's digging deep for it. He's going for it. And the enemy seems to stop everything he tries. Contention rises up. Then he goes to another place and digs a well called Sitna. Sitna means strife. And so he starts trying to dig the well there, but the men strove with him. And so he stops He stops trying to progress there, and that doesn't work out. Then he digs another well called Rehoboth. Rehoboth means God has made room for us, or God has made space for us. God's given us a little bit of time, a little bit of leeway. The enemy's not attacking so severely. And he digs the well. And then Abimelech the king comes to Isaac. And Isaac sowing seed the entire time, the Bible said, in the land of famine. And the Bible said the king came to him and he made a treaty with him. And the king left him alone. And the Bible said that day that the, his servants were digging another well. And it's called near Sheba. And they were dealing, dealing the well near Sheba as they were digging it near Sheba. And the Bible said when the king left Isaac alone, the servants came. And these are the words they told Isaac in Genesis chapter 26. We have found water. That may seem like nothing, but of several days ago in the hotel, as I was just doing some reading, it jumped out at me. We have found water. He said, the church you're about to preach at this week has found a place. They have constantly been searching for it. They've been searching, and everywhere they turn, the enemy blocks that channel and blocks that avenue and shuts that down. He said, but I have made room for them now, and when they start digging this well, what has stopped them before? Koshata, what has stopped them before? will not stop them this time because they will say when it's through we have found the favor of God we didn't stop when hell said no we didn't stop when hell entered the scene we kept digging in the desert we kept praying in the pain we kept fasting in the famine and God said I have seen the desire of this church and you have entered a dimension where the water flows freely among you. I don't need to know the details, but I can tell you when I see stuff. And it was like these little... I don't, want to, I don't want to call them demons sent out by the thousands to banks, people in power in this city, people all over. When they heard about where you were going, they tried to stop every possible avenue. They're trying to block every channel. 
the Holy Ghost up here. They're trying everything. They're trying to talk to this man, that woman, this man, that woman. They're trying everything they can before you walk in the door to plug up the well. That's why you can't be carnal right now. Because I know you don't think that maybe this is going on. I promise this is going on. I know when I see something. When I was walking this church. I saw these little things being sent to different businesses in the area trying to stop this church. But you hear me in the Holy Ghost. If there's ever been a time this church is going to break through and get favor, it is right now. Because God has given you something that those demons cannot stop. I feel the Holy Ghost up here. The water has been beneath the surface the entire time. And they have tried to make you look and see what's above the surface. And you don't see evidence of any kind of breakthrough. But hear the word of the Lord. Beneath your feet is a current of my favor. And next time that you dig, I will walk in among you. And you will say, we have found what? Somebody shout right now. I wish somebody else would celebrate. I wish somebody else would go ahead and worship God. I feel like hell has been served. And an eviction notice that you will not stop this church you will not keep them down you will not stop the revival God has water beneath the surface you've yet to see the best of God would you grab your neighbor's hand, if, if they're a worshiper, would you grab your neighbor's hand? You can stand right now. I feel a prophetic anointing on me in here. God saw them plug up Isaac. He saw him plug up Sitna. God's giving you a little room. And your words is going to work out or not. But the Lord said, dig one more well. Dig one more well. Because there's water. I said there's water. What's been trying to stop you is going to make a treaty with you. That king said, I'll make an oath to you. I won't stop you anymore. God's going to stop the people that have been stopping you. God's going to stop the people that have been stopping you. God's going to cause them to say, we're not going to try to block this. I don't know what I'm saying, but I feel the Holy Ghost up here. The favor of God is beneath the surface. Keep digging. Keep digging. Keep digging. Keep digging. There's a river. There's a river flowing out from the temple. 
thousand measures. It's only ankle deep, Ezekiel said. A thousand more measures. It's only knee deep. A thousand more measures. It's only loin deep. The first three times he measured, he said, we were still touching the bottom. But that fourth time, he said, it was over my head and I had to swim. And yesterday, God said, the fourth try is the answer. They've had three stops. I don't even know what I'm telling you. But they've had three major blockages where hell has tried to stop them. But you hear me? The fourth is the answer from God. They will not stop it this time. Lazarus was dead four days but when he stepped out of the grave there was no stopping him I don't know who I'm preaching to but somebody's been to hell three times but you hear me this fourth time won't be like the last three God is going to open up the pathway and the crooked path shall be made straight and I can't even stand still there's a fire up here right now God is going to give you favor like you've never seen There's a fourth man in the fire, and it looks like he's the son of God. Nebuchadnezzar said, I feel the power of the Holy Ghost up, up in here. God will give you the city. We found something. Isaac, we found something. We found something. We found the answer. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit. Hell has been trying to keep your attention on what's above the surface while the Spirit has been moving behind the scenes. He calls Shadamahaya. Don't worry about the reports from the doctor, the reports from the devil, the reports from the bank. You keep doing what you do, sowing that seed in the land of famine, digging that well, because beneath the surface... going to open up the next dimension to talk to you about other things tonight. This, this week we're going to get in some serious stuff in the spirit world. But you hear me right now. Don't you let hell out-celebrate you. Don't you let hell throw a party because you're believing their lies. Don't you, Kosha. Hell doesn't start the party by what they tell you because they lie. They don't party because they're telling you it's not going to happen. That's not why they party. They party when you believe them. Because when you believe a demon, you hand over. I could get into my other messages. You hand over your authority to what you actually possess. And so they don't celebrate when they tell you it's going to stop. But they celebrate when a church starts believing we're never going to get there. Listen to me, prince of this city. No matter what you've told the pastor, no matter what you've declared to this church, we do not believe you and shut your mouth in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are not going to stop this church. <laughs> 
I feel warfare up in here right now. Somebody get your sword out in the spirit and wave it right now. Somebody get your sword out and begin to declare, we are the army of the Lord and we will possess the land. We will possess this city. We will have revival. We will have the favor. We will get the building and you will not stop us. seen you've seen a season of miracles come to you where God can just do all these things that you've prayed for for a long time God just does just doing them that's a sign to you that long trials and long battles when you see something going on physically and it happens more than twice happens three or four times it's a sign in the spirit world it's a pattern and when you see something going on physically where God starts healing people left and right that you've prayed for for a long time, and miracles, I'm talking about long sicknesses, long trials. When you start to see that happen, it's a sign physically of what's going on spiritually. Long battles in this church are ending this year. That's not just corporately. There's some families that have been in the gates of hell for seven years, 12 years, 16 years, 23 years. But when this year ends, you're going to be holding hands, raising your voice to the Lord, saying, you made a way out of no way. You came through. Somebody get out of your pew right now if I'm talking to you. Would you worship the Lord with everything you have? Would you thank the Lord? I feel the prophetic release in here. The atmosphere is ready for divine demonstration again. Long trials long wars with voices in your head voices attacking you fear that child that deals with rebellion God's going to break that rebellion off them this year in the name of Jesus that spouse that won't pray through God is going to visit that spouse this year that marriage that falls apart all the time God is going to give you a rock and he's going to have your soul on and stand like you've never stood that God this year is going to blow your mind you have yet to see God's best do what you want to do it's all yours you don't need music somebody get a miracle on your mind get an answer in your spirit Get a prayer in your heart and unleash that worship for God sees where you are.
Get a miracle in your spirit. Somebody in the pew, get your hands up. God's trying to help you too. Don't let him pass you by. When he goes to somebody around you, come on, be like Bartimaeus and scream. I've got to do what I've got to do right now. I've got to get a miracle. I've got to get an answer. God is going to come through on the long battle, the long war, the long trial, the long breakthrough, the thing you need more than anything, the answer you need more than anything. God, this year, we have found water. We have found water. The battle you think will never end is going to end. The struggle you think will never end is going to end. The the weariness you think will never go away is going to go away. The stress you think will never leave is going to leave. The anxiety that never backs down is going to be chased away by the power of God. They came in one way, but they shall flee seven. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Whatever's going on right here, intervene now, Jesus. Intervene now. I wish I had all of you out there. I'm not talking to the guests, I understand. But if you go to this church, I wish I had you unified right now with everybody else up here worshiping. If you go to this church and you need an answer from God, you ought to be doing something besides look around right now. Watchers never get miracles, but the worshipers, every time, whether you feel it or not, when they worship God, when he passed them by, every one of them would be healed. Every one would be delivered when they cried out to him. It's all about what you will stretch for. Will you stretch for the supernatural? Will you believe one more day? Will you go beyond what you've ever seen before? Somebody talk in tongues right now. Somebody talk in tongues right now. Somebody talk in tongues right now. If you've got the Holy Ghost, act like it. If you've got the Holy Ghost, act like it. You've got the Holy Ghost, act like it. You've got the Holy Ghost, show the devil you've got the Holy Ghost still. Don't let him steal your joy. Don't let him steal your faith. Don't let him steal your anointing. Don't let him steal your vision. Don't let him steal your worship. Don't let him steal the outcome. Don't let him steal the victory. Don't believe the lie, Eve. Touch this local 
forth. Touch that mind. Touch those nerves. Right now, in the name of Jesus, release his tongue like you did Moses. Somebody's got the Holy Ghost and they're acting like it right now. Somebody's got a breakthrough. Somebody just found some water. Somebody just saw water. <laughs> Your digging is not in vain. Your giving is not in vain. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. There's water beneath the surface. <laughs> 